The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Pre-market is adding to losses after the worst session in a month on Wednesday. Mixed bag of data, but jobless claims falling to 190K means that yields are higher across the curve. Our roadmap begins with a soft landing scenario under pressure as recession fears continue to weigh on market sentiment. Plus, J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon is still pointing to plenty of economic clouds, saying there is a lot of underlying inflation out there still. And higher costs weigh on consumer giant Procter & Gamble. The shares are under pressure. We'll take a look at the numbers ahead of the open. Let's start with the markets on track to extend the losses from yesterday. Earlier this morning on Squawk Box in Davos, J.P. Morgan Chase's Jamie Dimon weighed in on the markets and the economy a month after warning about what he called an economic hurricane. Part of that storm clouds hit. Rates went higher than people thought. The, you know, with stock markets down 20 percent, the IPO market disappeared. And the economy, of course, we all talk about it. It's like the weather. We don't really know. And I hate guessing about that. We should be, have a little humility. I've never seen anyone actually do it well. But the, the real issue for the world is Russia, war, Ukraine, energy, trade. And that is serious. And that's still out there. Hopefully, it'll mitigate and go away, but it may not. So, you know, as a risk manager, you kind of prepare for some of that. Uh, talked about rates once again, Jim. Staying above five, underlying inflation in his view. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, he said he's never seen anyone get it right. Maybe he should be this fellow Michael Semblist, who is his strategist, who does eye on the market, who's not nearly as negative as that, and has been consistently right. Uh, and and works I, for Jamie. We, oh, yeah, that's right. He talks to Jamie every week. So, I mean, I've, if the contrary nature I have about Jamie is he's got someone who's right, who is not as negative, uh, whom I think is the best there is. Uh, David, I've got to tell you, I regard this as business as usual, you have seven straight up days for the NASDAQ based on nothing. I don't know why it's up and none of the numbers I see are that good. Mm-hmm. You have uh, interest rates have an extreme move yesterday that seemed almost like a short squeeze in treasuries. Uh, again, if the market's up and I know I'm going to say something that's maybe not perceived as important, but I think it's business as usual. I, I think you had a couple rate hikes. I think James Gorman's going to be right. We're going to get to we're going to get what does business higher. as usual mean? What do you mean by that? Well, you got to cool off inflation. We haven't had. Where are the bankruptcies? Party City? Yeah. Party City. I went to, I looked at a Party City this weekend. It, I don't know. I saw like, your I saw your picture from Bed oh, Bath and Beyond. It, it Wasn't was, that this weekend? I think it, I saw you was, tweeting. You, know, it was like going you in an empty store. Now, to be fair, you did was, go at like five in the morning. Yeah, you know, that was like 10 o'clock on Saturday. It was like the Loray Caverns when you were the only person allowed to go in. <laughs> uh, I, once I got in early to see Cooperstown. 
And it was like crazy. I said, wow, no one likes this place, but I got in early. The Magic Kingdom, I got in early. Not anymore. I don't think they let me in the Magic Kingdom early. I think they put me at the back of the bus when it comes to the um, Jungle Cruise. I think, I think, <laughs> but I think I, so, too. I don't think you'd get good treatment uh, at Disney at all. Uh, Pelts and I. Given your endless, your endless criticism of that Fox deal, you're... <laughs> Well, I, geez, I hate to tell that wreck balance sheets. You're making way at the back Sorry. of the line. All right, Sorry. Back, back to business as usual. Okay, I just mean that, look, we haven't had layoffs, except for, for companies that are very rich. Oh, Microsoft cuts a bill. Microsoft's balance sheet can handle that. When we see companies that are actual companies who file bankruptcy, and I'm not talking about the crypto nonsense, mm-hmm. then the Fed will be right. But so far, it's... Hasn't happened. David, where's the closures besides Party City? You know, where's okay. all the, the – I mean, Party City had a bad balance sheet. And I was at Petco this weekend getting stuff for uh, for Ragu, you know, and for Bob Marley. Mm-hmm. And, I said, well, you know, look, I think the business is pretty good. That's a leverage buyout situation come public. That should be on the ropes, but it's not. It's doing well. We need some – I just mentioned that because that's where I was. I mean, if there's any number of – Michaels was next door. We can do that. Everything that's in those strip malls that you don't go to because you're busy on Etsy. Um, but <laughs> but what I say? But I just feel like, okay, <laughs> Jay's not one. Jay, please get better. COVID. Okay, can we just, like, admit that the guy's not well right now? Um, um, we, we have to have layoffs, David. Now, am I rooting right. for layoffs? Do I want no, layoffs? I'm not. Have you ever been fired? No. It's awful. No. I, I got fired. It's, also there's still walk. time. I did there a wildcat strike where I got fired, where I was like a union leader. I was a shop steward. I got fired. I've been fired a lot. I have to tell you, it was wow. never satisfying. But we have to have more. I mean, I'm not making fun. I'm never saying this. I fired no, it's not a lot fun. of people. I just, there hasn't been I, any. I get it. I get it. Carl. I mean, um, Google hasn't even fired. They're still, they're still no, hiring. Al- Alphabet hired. I mean, that last quarter, now they're finally they Where? they hired, what, 3,900 people they firing, in the third like, they're quarter? They're laying off 200 people in Verily? But, Carl, we did have a turn yesterday in the market overall. We heard from Mike Wilson, <laughs> as you know, who has been dead right. I mean, you can right. resemble this guy. Talking about the fact that, you know, there's something very underappreciated right now, he feels, which is the reversal in terms of inflation and the impact that's going to have on earnings that he says his institutional, institutional clients have not fully reckoned with. Take a listen. Many corporations actually saw windfall profits because inflation went straight up and the costs were lagging in that regard. So in other words, revenues were increasing at a much higher rate than cost of goods sold because there was a lag between the cost structure and what they were getting in the you know, pricing their product. Now it's going the other direction. And we feel like uh, from talking to clients, so it's not, uh, you know, it's, it's not anecdotal. We talk to clients every day that this particular dynamic is underappreciated in our client base, institutional clients, um, meaning uh, there's a general view that if inflation's higher, it's always good for profitability because it drives higher nominal GDP growth. But the, what that misses is the timing of cost versus revenues. Cost versus revenues. All right, well, how about, how about empirical? J.B. Hunt, fourth largest trucking company, says the costs are coming down. They've already lowered their spot price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to lower their contract price. So you say, okay, well, wait a second. Uh, everybody uses them raised price, but they also had to deal with the cost of J.B. Hunt. I'm talking about the proctors of the world. So the supply chain problems are getting fixed. The transport problems are getting fixed. The supply costs are coming down. 
Proctor has not lowered price yet. The CEO, by the way, is not a liar. I mean, can we just like say he's not an idiot or a liar? I mean, I don't want to go out on a limb here. Uh, basically said the opposite of what Wilson said. Uh, Proctor's big company. Now, Mike Wilson's been right, okay? It's a lot of people have been right. But I just say that I'm smack in the middle of a company that basically said the opposite of what he said. Yeah. And I find that John Mueller, who is the CEO, is not a fool or a liar. And I'm struggling. We're going to hear uh, what Mueller said, I think, in the next uh, segment. But uh, Wilson's point is largely that uh, your cost of goods sold uh, slows slower than your sales. Sales uh, erode quicker. But now we've got, uh, for example, year-on-year PPIs below year-on-year CPI. It's the opposite of that view. I'm struggling. I know everything that goes into a bottle of shampoo. But it's mainly plastic, surfactant. Those are like a surfactant is something that's been going down in price. Plastic's going down in price. The price is actually not going down to the consumer. What am I supposed to do? It's the largest consumer packaged good company. It is. And there we're going to. What am I supposed to do? Just say they're No, liars? we're going to get into that in more detail. Back, because the futures are down? Back to the broader market and business as usual. What does that mean you want to do here then, Jim, in your How about opinion? Buy? And by the way, you've been kind oh, of oh. cautious. On oh, tech. I think well. tech's ridiculous. At 27% of the S&P with, with numbers that are coming down across the board. I don't want to be in tech. Tech is a fool's game right now. You still think so? Still not been right. I mean, some of your mega cap tech names sport multiples that are far below the average. Well, look, I'm waiting for Alphabet to cut. Amazon, uh, Andy Jassy, who, by the way, is a giant fan. Okay, four fives. They've, you know, let's see what their record's been in the last nine games versus the Eagles. But Jassy is supposed to make the cut. So he makes, he lays off of, what, a couple, couple, you know, he's like the sixth army in World War II. Actually, similar size. Why does he like realize that the war's been won and start firing people? Um, Amazon is firing people. Oh, he's firing a fraction of who? He hired three hundred thousand people. That's what true. are they doing? That's true. What are they doing besides organizing? They hired a lot. Would, of people. would you get as fired up as I am? Never. What an outfit you have! Thank you. That jacket is gorgeous. Thank you. Made in Italy. Yeah. Uh, by the way, J.P. Morgan's desk this morning, uh, long only is quietly adding to mega cap names uh, <clears throat> consistently, too. Uh, demand's been on and off uh, since January 2nd. I bet the demand in the near term continues, though. Google, Apple, Meta, Amazon. I personally think they'll start nipping on Microsoft soon. Haven't seen that yet. Well, Microsoft was just classic. Yesterday was up two bucks at, on the news that it was firing people. And then it was a kind of people just said, Wait a second, maybe business isn't that good, and then it was down three. It was very much like a, what I regard as a false start. And it was a five-yard penalty, except for it was a $5 penalty. They walked it back. Uh, but tech is doing not well, and they haven't addressed it. And the re- there's just the inventory problem across the board, including tech. I mean, there, there's too many companies that analyze data that can get you out of the vertical, put you in the vertical, put you on premise, put you off premise. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, the but, cloud? The, but the stocks themselves, I mean, at this very early down. juncture. All right. Gra- Apple's right. the only one Apple's of those. Apple's up 4%. I... Meta's up 10%. Alphabet's oh, well, up fired a, a little bit. Amazon's up 13.6% for the year. Even Tesla is outperforming the S and what actually no, what's right in point? line with uh, no, is outperforming what's your, the S. What's your point? My point is tech's doing okay right now. Yeah, but I'm saying that's in the, the market. Got to do less than okay, and they have to. Those stocks have to go down. 
You have to have money coming from the sidelines, which is hard because you're getting so much. It goes to companies that are doing well, that don't have to cut numbers. That's the transition I see happening. And that's Mike Wilson's going to be right about the 27% of the S&P that needs to go to 20%, which is tech. But the rest of the money is not going to leave. It could go to other areas that are doing quite well, uh, including the non-fintech companies. Am I upsetting you? I'm sorry. You are not upsetting me in any way. You rarely upset me. I realize that I, I could hardly on, I'm scan my memory David. to come up with moments that you truly upset me. Thank so you. don't you worry. Thank you for that. You're welcome. So for now, you think the 200 day is going to be, I mean, a pretty solid we, resistance here. We've yeah, been unable we to crack it for more day. than a couple of days in yeah, a row. Yeah, 200, 200 day, yeah. Um, uh, you know, take the roof bees up, carpenters. It's not going to raise high the roof bees. J.D. Salinger, mm-hmm. fabulous. Come on, raise high the roof beam carpenters. Don't know it. Franny and Zoe it's and then the other one. And then the, that other one, that catcher on the rye one. That's about it. Oh, God. That's they all made I got us all read you. that in school as idiots. Like Ivanhoe, clowns. It's a great I, I do think that when you go listen to James Gorman, okay, uh, who had the best quarter of everyone, I want to give the ball to the guy with the best quarter. And he's still sanguine. Sanguine? He said uh, inflation has peaked. It's no longer a question. It's a fact. Okay, so how did he do versus uh, J.P. Morgan? Okay? Give, I want to give the ball. I want to give the ball to, uh, to Hertz, not to Tom Brady. By the way, Hertz was on today. He said absolutely nothing. Uh, but I just think you don't, you know, Jamie wants to say something, which is basically, hey, you know, it could be 6%. It could be really terrible. Like, I don't know. It could be also great. I mean, let me just say it's like, all right. But then it may not be all right. And I'm kind of no, certain. he's still sort of defending the hurricane comment to a certain uh, well, extent, no, saying, we, well, we did have plenty of plenty of storms. Nobody issued equity. Leverage finance, obviously, has been very quiet. I, I, um, look, we've had the equity markets shut down, right? We have issuance shut down. But we don't have the layoffs that would make it so J-PAL would feel better. I don't know what his temperature is. Remember, because it, it, COVID doesn't really affect the temperature, more the oximeter. But I want him to feel better. But it, he's not getting the news he needs. No, we don't have the layoffs. But I will tell you, investment banking comp is down sharply. They may not be firing people, but and nobody's going to cry for him. That's not anecdotal. But those it's empirical. Numbers, it is empirical because there are a lot of them. Are, well, they've come out of comp. Some are still in it, but it's it's ugly. How about if I just say that the market went up every single day this year until yesterday, and that's wrong. Seven days in November of 2021 was wrong for the Nasdaq, and that's okay. We need to come down a little, okay? Okay. Could you just like, did you get any sleep last night? No, this? I really, I actually didn't sleep well. As I said, I had a Jim Cramer night. I slept like three hours. I got three solid hours last night. I feel oh, wow. I have to do my investment conference, so I have to 4,000 words. I said, shoot, it's 12 o'clock. I got to get up in three hours. Better, t- better hit the sack. Uh, Ten hours or I'm a basket case. That's that's the line from Manhattan. <laughs> if, you, if, you sleep very, if you sleep a lot on Saturday or Sunday, it gets you to Wednesday. That's not true. It is. I did it's the work on true. it. It's, David, it's empirical, not anecdotal. <laughs> did the work on it. I felt like I was back. Yes, look what you can be if you get three hours of sleep a night. (laughs) Something to aspire to. I took that course 19 (laughs) times, Wilson. We'll get a look at futures here as we uh, take a break. On the other side, we'll get uh, further into P&G and some of the smaller banks that reported today. Of course, Netflix tonight. There's futures. We're back in a moment. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. 
For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Procter & Gamble moving lower in the pre-market. Quarterly earnings in line. Revenue slightly above consensus. Company did raise their full-year sales guide as it deals with rising costs. Earlier on Squawk, uh, CEO John Moeller was asked about the chances of a recession. Here's his response. Things actually look pretty good. If we look across the world, let's assume that China does uh, recover. The U.S. economy continues to be strong. Demand for our products continues to be strong. Our markets continue to grow. Consumption continues to grow. The developing markets have been fairly resilient uh, through all of this. Europe is a bit of a question, obviously Eastern Europe, but also Western Europe, um, depending on what happens in the energy markets, etc. cetera. Uh, but you put all that together and it doesn't look uh, honestly horrible. Uh, taking 10 points of price, Jim. Right, now if the futures were up, the stock would be up four bucks. When you listen to him, what he's saying is that the costs are coming down, but they're, they've not lowered prices. Uh, where there is trade down, they've traded down from one kind of Procter product to another. Uh, I think the supply chains that he doesn't think are easing actually are easing, but I'm, I'm not, who am I to say that he doesn't know about those? But they're easing for most companies, for the PepsiCo's, for the Coca Cola's. So all this is David leaving yeah. me sanguine now. My, my trust owns it. We own it forever. The organic sales up 5%. What's the matter with that? Nothing. But volumes were down 6%. Okay, so that, they, is they that an issue? Some well, weakness they, in grooming, well, fabric, grooming, and home? Well, you know what? I mean, I look at these, and I say they go up and down and up and down. And uh, I used to really fret if I saw grooming weakness. Say, uh-oh, that's the beginning of... No, mm-hmm. I mean, Proctor's... A dividend aristocrat that does quite well over time, and you get periodically these chances. Right. And for the people at home, it's a terrific idea. Owner for the club, I'll tell people to buy it at 140, 135. Uh, but look, this is a really great American company that's growing organic volume, and, you get, and that's they, the they raised their organic sales growth that's, estimates that's, for that's, this that's, year to between look at, four okay, and five percent. I think had they been lowered it, three to five. Right. Had so they, they lowered it, I would say, listen, the, it's going to 125. But they raised. It's to use um, Mike Wilson's comment. It's empirical. Uh, yep, left the EPS guide unchanged and yep. actually lowered their guide for uh, currency headwinds. I thought that was terrific. And currencies, they were being very conservative on currency. The other thing I would say is that I wish he had spent more time talking about what goes into his product. Like when you buy a razor, David, you know, and you have to get the chainsaw out or the hacksaw in order to be able to get through the plastic yes, stuff. Yes, yeah, that plastic those, stuff. Those, that stuff's all going down in price. I, I actually thought at one point he would talk about pilferage and talking about how when you try to buy something at Walgreens, 
You press a button, you and five minutes later, someone Somebody comes, comes by and, and opens the drawer they for don't you. have that. For right. I can get it from Amazon quicker than I get it from Walgreens. <laughs> so, I mean, I just think that that's, their, their business is doing quite well. I was surprised Organic was up five. I thought it would be up three, four. I never want to see any. They have a lot of divisions. I never want to see one division down, but it's pretty much, they never all go up at the same time. So, it, it's fine. It's better than finding for Organics 5. So let them sell it. I mean, the futures are up. People say, oh, look at that. How Gumi's not as bad as I thought. Right, right. Uh, yeah, definitely folds in with what uh, the Fed's Collins is saying this morning about, again, the prospect of a softer landing. Yes. I'm still going. Well, the bonds are saying hard landing, and the stocks are saying soft landing. So foam the darn runway. Uh, we'll get Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell coming up in less than 10 minutes. Don't go anywhere. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Right, let's get to a mad dash six and a half minutes before we start trading here at the uh, New York Stock Exchange. You and I have spent a lot of time talking about Disney. Well, I think uh, it continues to get a good amount of research coverage and upgrade. Yeah. Not, a, you know, but comments, I should well, say. I mean, the old days, we were just gripped by Apple, which, by the way, had a savage. You know, people are cutting their numbers, Apple. I'm focused on Disney because you would think that in a recession, maybe the first thing that would happen is that people would cancel those trips because they're expensive. But people want to go away. You know, David, life is short. And I think that if you don't spend some time, I have a great picture with Pluto and my sister, where Pluto's got his own. Um, anyway, I, I just think that what's happened is, is that here's a piece by City saying the parks are likely resilient. Uh, don't really worry about a recession. Uh, and, you know, frankly, it's it, the downside scenario is very, very low. So I keep coming back to a theme, which is that travel and leisure is very strong, of which, uh, by the way, Comcast whom we work for, has theme parks, too. And they do. business is very important, strong. Important so component of the company. So and yesterday, yesterday, Carl met and mentioned Vail. I mean, the mm-hmm. Vail Resorts. What's happened is, is that if you're, you got something where people want to go to, and they recognize, you know what, since COVID, I'm so glad that I'm alive. They don't say, and that's why I really can't wait for Grand Theft Auto 6. They say, you know what, I want to go to a really amazing place and have a great time. And that happens to be Disney, whether Nelson Peltz is on the board or not. Yep, Disney World is still. Do you think that if Peltz is on the board, that suddenly the theme parks would be lousy? No. Right! No. But but those board meetings, they'd, they'd be rocking. They would be interesting. They would be interesting. A lot more to come on that fight, of course. we got months ahead. But uh, speaking of what's ahead, that's an opening bell about five minutes from now. And don't forget, we try to remind you every day, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. You can listen to and follow the squawk on the but street. But we won't see your ironic faces. No, you won't. You won't. You'll just hear my voice. But hopefully I can convey irony in my voice. You do it best with silence. Two things have changed recently that really matter. The inflation numbers are better, right? Clearly inflation peaked. That's no longer a question. It's a fact. The question is, can they get to 2% and how hard will they try to get to 2% versus stabilizing right. around 3, 4? Second thing that happened is China has made a major, major pivot. 
That's Morgan Stanley's James Gorman on, uh, in Davos on Squawk this morning talking about inflation. I mean, you can get to 2% CPI if you annualize six months, Jim, past half a year. Yeah, look, I, I, I thought that what he said was very uh, not lacking in provocation. It was just kind of a layout of a decent stretch. Uh, he's positioned his bank similarly, and look how well they're doing. And I think, I don't know, David, when I listened to him, I said, all right, well, there's some issues. We're not there yet in inflation, but it's okay. No, he's more positive. I think that's true. Listen, when you do talk to these CEOs, and not just financial services, they will also go, though, to the, to the outside issues. The war in Ukraine, certainly Jamie came back to that. Relationship with China, those are incredibly important obviously outside of the, their ability to control what happens, but having to respond potentially to what will happen. But you know what's happening right now? I mean, not at this very moment, but within this period of about 30 days, uh, India passes China as the largest country in the world with half the people under 30. When we saw China like that, 20 years ago, that was that became the halcyon days for consumer uh, product goods and for companies like, you know, an Apple ultimately. So India is, I mean, the real story here is a demographic one. Mm. India larger than China. Unfortunately, China, sometimes it's come down, you know, that one one child, but also the ridiculous policy on COVID, which is anti uh, elderly. Um, but I think that we have to regard that as a positive, that India is bigger than China. Right. India is a democracy. Now, Andrew, uh, Andrew Ross Sorkin had a very disputatious conversation with a minister from India, basically talking about how they're taking on this Russian oil. But can we just say that it's not such a bad thing in the world to have a capitalist country with a government that is uh, democratic become the largest company on earth? Not a, not a communist dictatorship that locks up whole groups of people because they don't like the religion? So you don't, yeah, demographically, politically, you think India's ascendance is important. I think that we could completely miss, I mean, look, my wife's been a, a while in India. It's not, they're not a developed country, but they sure do have a developed education system. Um, oh, that, like, like everything, like every country, 1.4 billion people, they have their share of uh, issues. They have quite issues, a few. but how about the fact that you have to provide uh, corruption jobs? Is, corruption is still an important issue there as well. Right. One that but, they deal with all the time. We can, mean, avoid, we can just ignore it. At our own peril. This is a this is a great opportunity. Are we ignoring India? The fact that in the last month that they passed China as 1.4 billion, except for their their age is much is almost half of China. I mean, yes, we're ignoring India. Who's yes. the we here? We being people who talk about the stock market. Oh, okay. Well, David, you- as Michael Wilson said, it's empirical. Uh, you allude to Apple's uh, supply chain migration over there. By the way, yes. you also alluded to J.P. Morgan trimming to 180 on this. Uh, they don't think the December quarter is going to be quite as bad, but they think the setup for the March quarter uh, might be rough. Well, we got to have more laughs. We have to have more things. I hate to cite negatives because I, I'm kind of sanguine, but like Fernando, which is a, you know historically really one of the most... Uh, I'd say disciplined real estate investment trust. They had to cut their quarterly dividend from 53. It's now down to 37.5. Yeah, they cut their dividend pretty pretty seriously. And David, this comes back to the change since COVID is hurting some companies. Yeah, if you're an owner of commercial real estate, significant office buildings in major metropolitan areas, uh, you're not overly excited about your prospects. No. Uh, you've got 
you know, you still got probably 80% leased or maybe something along those lines, and, but you've only got 50% of the people actually coming into the building. So what does that augur for the future in terms of those companies' willingness to continue to pay for a space that isn't being used? Those right. are the big questions. Well, we've dealt with them now for years. Cut. You still go to, the, to downtown, midtown Manhattan, and you can see that there are not as many people as there were three years ago. No, and that's, I'm wondering now that that's a secular trend, 29% discount, uh, di- dividend cut. I mean, I come back, David, and I just say that, if, again, if you're the Fed, you're needing di- dividend cuts. You're needing to see dividends eliminated. You're needing to see people, uh, companies that are not doing well to close. Uh, you need these things because you need to get employment so that people don't say, you know what, I'm willing to pay $8 for curry gold butter. Right. Uh, yeah, um, Wells has a note out about New York real estate today. Uh, their large point is that it's mostly been about new construction, uh, flight to quality within uh, Manhattan specifically. But some of the wage wage growth in Manhattan year on year is 30 percent. Well, that's why when you go to the supermarket, David, you should try it. It's really amazing. Mm, Everything okay. is just kind of, no, I'm not doing that. Where's my buy one, get one cereal? No, I'm going to buy the cereal that's generic. Yes, wages are up, prices are up a lot, and people continue to not go to the office as often as they once did. Am I trading down? Are you trading down? I'm I'm unaware of any trade down going on. Well, see, that's part of the problem. But I'm not making the frontline decisions. (laughs) No, you aren't. None of us make the call. I'm I'm not making the frontline decisions. People just say, I'm not paying that price. And then you get a combination of where Schwab double downgrade, where the people say, you know what, I don't want to be in stocks when I can be in treasuries. Then you're starting to get that momentum that you need that's basically saying, I don't want to take any risk, and I'm, I'm not going... Let's talk, more, let's talk more about the Schwab downgrade. You got it here. Yeah, I got it. Just yeah. taking it right from you. Because okay. sometimes I think we forget this is a $150 billion market cap company. People, people think about this little about it. I mean, you know, this is not, yeah, this is not Schwab from yours. This is an enormous company, one of the bigger financial companies out there. Uh, they reduce, uh, what was it? It's B of A, right? Yeah, B of A. it is. And uh, they go to an underperform. A 75 target. Wow. Remarkable. It's a great company, Schwab. What's the problem here? Well, you know, look, have you looked at what you can get in rates? Pretty compelling. Yeah. The two-year, you get 4%. You sleep at night. Even you last night would have slept. You've circled and crossed things out and underlined here. I can't you know follow it at called? all. This is called the craft. Is okay? that what that's if called? If we were in a movie, if we were like actors and actresses, we would say this is the craft. That's the craft? That's the craft. Not Bob Craft. <laughs> the craft. I see. <laughs> Looks more like something out of a beautiful mind. I mean, remember that guy? I met the guy who did that. Did you? Brian Grazer. He wanted to know if I had a beautiful mind because he said, you seem to know 2,000 stock prices. I said, yeah, but I don't know how to tie my shoes. <laughs> All right. Well, Schwab is down on that double downgrade from B of A. Well, it should be. That's the, This is um, the And to, to the point earlier, Renato's down. Uh, uh, SL Green is also down another 2%. These yeah, are the companies. These are the REITs that are particularly impacted. Yeah in part by uh, worries about the commercial real estate business. But how about um, B- Boeing? Uh, I is, should say office uh, space. Remember Boeing, you talked me out of selling it for my travel trust. You said, why are you still like it? You still like Yeah. Boeing is getting orders. You know, we had to construct. You know, Janet Yellen had seemingly constructed. They're talking about constructive dialogue. Oh, yeah, we talked last week about uh, China Southern, or at least Australian yeah. coal, China's reopening, access for, for Boeing. Right. So Boeing's down. Maybe you buy some Boeing. Uh, 
I think that it's really interesting when you talk to someone like Carmine DeCibio, who runs a huge company, EY, he would tell you that the ability to actually have face-to-face talks with the Chinese rather than Zoom actually produces a better relationship. No offense to, to Mr. You know, Eric Yuan at Zoom. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking for, th- I guess what I'm saying is I'm looking for things to buy, not sell. Now, there's a piece this morning saying Boeing's free cash flow won't be as good, but the fact is there's two, air, there's two companies that make planes. We have a big plane shortage. Uh, so maybe you look for Boeing below 200. But be oppor- I'm saying be opportunistic. Yesterday, Dr. Borla was on uh, to Sarah Eisen. It was an amazing interview. He's got 18 new drugs coming. It's got a really good yield. The stock went down a buck and a half. Well, you, you mentioned the Schwab downgrade. Um, Capital One down 7%, Jim. Uh, oh. Is this about the Discover uh, net charge-offs from last night? or? Yes, it is. And uh, that they historically have... Uh, giving people credit cards that you know where they struggled, some people struggle to pay. I don't think it's nearly as dangerous as buy now, you know, pay later because it's really becoming buy now, forget, you know, don't bother to pay. But you know, there's a guy, Richard Fairbank, who runs, and he's seen every downturn. And I think he would explain to you that that, this, that the uh, the people who own the stock panic. We're talking Capital One Capital here, although one, we also COF. saw Discover, which Discover is obviously was not good. Well, no, in part, well, that's yeah. what, right. Uh, uh, total net charge off rate was 2.13%. That that's, was 76% basis that's points high. higher than the prior year period, reflecting what they say is credit normalization across the portfolio. No. Credit card ch- uh, net charge off rate, 2.37%. And that was that's, up 87 basis high. points from the prior year. That was not And just good. 45 basis points quarter to quarter. That's not good. And I, I, one of the things people are doing, they're selling insurance companies, and they're selling them because of the storms. Now, historically, initially you sell them, and then they raise the rates viciously. I don't know if anyone's oh seen Oh, my their, God. Their insurance bills. Chubb, I, I, I'm still my yeah. – Chubb's crushing me. My wife's, crushing everybody, right? My wife's real estate empire is being crushed by Chubb. I had Evan Greenberg going, who's really one of the greatest CEOs, and he said that my – my wife's real estate portfolio is right on the top of his desk, mm. left corner. Um, well, you're, I, I you're, you're, then you, you probably own up 20% because mine did. Went up a lot. Well, it's I mean, a I'm big do, number, man. I'm going to call him and say, listen. When you have I mean, like 14 homes, that got to add up. Well, how about 15? <laughs> I missed. <laughs> on the other hand. Uh, when did you get another one? Guys, Truist is doing okay as um, expense controls were good. The efficiency ratio got better. A little upside guidance on that interest uh, income. Uh, I've liked every bank except for the masses have decided that PNC is the one that did a bad job. And that yields 4%. I'm interested in that one. But, yeah, a Truist is good. Uh, the one that I still love that everybody's just kind of said, oh, stay away from is Wells. I mean, Wells is when he fin- when Charlie Sharp is finished paying the government for things he didn't do. You're going to see a nice move. You're going to see a stock go to 62 where it was on uh, February 8th of uh, 2018. You're going to surprise everybody. What are we thinking about Netflix in advance of the print? Tonight? Oh my God! If it doesn't do five million new subs, then blah blah blah. Uh, really? I mean, this is one where the expectations have gotten very high. Uh, uh, I think that Ted Sarandos did a remarkable job. You, you'll know that you have a good stock if they talk about the things that they liked on Netflix versus they actually talk about the financials. That, if they talk about the financials, then you've got to sell a stock. But when on, they talk about the, what did you call? watch, yeah. what did you watch? Mm-hmm. I mean, if they say, listen, I watched Mayor Kingstown, that's, no, that's the wrong channel. <laughs> uh, well, each quarter has been an adventure. 
uh, obviously beginning with uh, significant, well, sub-losses. Can you and then the last quarter, obviously, additions that you, were helpful you, to the stock. What do you watch on Netflix right now? I don't know. Yeah, not watching problem. Netflix. I mean, they had like seven of the top ten I'm sure my shows in December by minutes are. spent. There's uh, led the by win. Wednesday, for one. There's the win. Uh, they don't, look, they are not, uh, there's absolutely nothing formulaic about it. Like, look, I watched Jack Ryan, and it was totally formulaic. And, but isn't that uh, on Amazon? No, I'm mentioning something that's formulaic. No, oh. Right, oh, you sorry. buy it on Amazon because you don't want to go to Paramount Plus. I don't Plus. buy it on I it. Do the it's same on thing. Amazon. That's their no, show, it's isn't not. it? No, no, it's not. No, maybe it is. Yes, it is. Maybe it is. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Well, clearly you don't okay. know. Okay, yeah. I don't know. It's right. Mission, Mission Impossible is Paramount. So, so I could ask you what you're pl- watching on Netflix. You have no Backus idea. This looks okay in the, in the book I keep referring to, Unscripted. But no, I mean, one of the problems is, look what just happened. One of their biggest movies at Amazon, and I got it wrong. I said it was Paramount. I mean, there's like too many. There's like Yellowstone every seven years, right? Yellowstone now. What's the matter with Yellowstone 1905? They're, but, they're, but the Netflix, Netflix has Peacock. a slate that's very different from the other guys. Mm. And I think that has appeal. Yeah. Interesting note out of uh, Jessica Reef Ehrlich today, B of A on Disney, and sort of um, putting cold water on an ESPN spin because of the low multiple yeah, it would likely get. ESPN spin. We have to talk to It's Hope Springs Steve Eternal Schwartz on that. Person. Remember, Dan Loeb had suggested it. Chapek dismissed it. Um, and then the idea has been, well, would Iger revisit? the? Uh, and believe me, plenty of... Uh, people in the media mafia out there have been talking about it and wondering, would it happen? How could it happen? Who's this? You know, just the hedge fund guys, the bankers, all the guys who focus on, on well, media. Okay. And, and listen, would there be interest if ESPN was spun in some way from our parent company? Or could you imagine other companies that might want to take a look? Hearst obviously owns 20 percent of this thing. You pointed right. that out before. So, uh, you know, it, it, it seems more less likely that it will happen, right, but it you. has, but the, but Iger's ascension once again to the CEO uh, spot has reinvigorated people who are hoping perhaps that there's an opportunity happens. that could be presented by that being spun. Yeah, I do, do work for the company, but you know what Comcast has over Disney? What? A balance sheet. Yes. Yes. Um, Quiz? And actually going to get more money when Disney steps paid. up to buy more of Hulu. Exactly. Now, naming what Hulu was, you like that one, you like something. Handmaid's Tale. That was the first season was good of that. Yeah, well, I'm I'm like, I've saying. watched a lot of stuff on Hulu. You watched this Fleischman show? That was kind of oh, fun. Yeah. Oh, no, is it Fleischman? Yeah, Fleischman. Fleischman's in trouble. Fleischman's oh, Fleischman's in trouble. trouble. Yeah. Is it good? It's a good it's book amazing. too. Yeah. It really is you amazing. Yeah. If you live in Manhattan, that's a Hulu, Hulu show. Yeah, it's a it's a certain subset. Yes. Okay. By the way, Ever Evercore today takes Comcast to 42. On uh, just multiple expansion within the sector, we know it's been a pretty good start to the year. That's it's the been best great news I've heard all day. Well, look, they have they have uh, they have optionality. They, by the way, Who's the they, they being us, could put that theme park that I want on that three hundred thousand acres I found in New Mexico, which is right on that ride. The biggest corridor in the country is that one from Austin to to Denver. They have the they have the optionality to put that theme park in New Mexico. Mm. Harry Potter. Times 10. Oh, my God. Come on. Have you been to the Disney? The, I, have. The, the, I have. I've been to Universal Comcast. in both California and Florida. I think it's very exciting. If they ever do it, you get to crack the champagne bottle oh, or cut I the love, ribbon. I love that theme park. I've been to all the theme parks. Is there an airport again. near this land that, you, that you've <laughs> bought uh, to, that you're trying to sell in, in, in New Fair. Mexico that you're trying to sell to David, Disney or Comcast? I can, I can put up an airport. <laughs> I mean, it's not just going to be private jets for, for uh, PJs, for CEOs. <laughs> And, and hedge fund actually. No, I'm serious that there are expand, Comcast is expanding its theme parks, recognizing that there's lots of customers. Disney, on the other hand, it's good margin business. 
It's a great Yeah, project. it's like the old cable business. Oh, so well, that's sad to watch that go revolt. away. See, they have characters. They can make. They do. Right. How much land have, do you own in New Mexico at this point? Have you bought I looked, it? I looked in New Mexico, um, mm. and I just didn't find value. I didn't find value in New Mexico. It's just too high. So you were looking near the cool part, like Santa Fe Taos? Yeah, or, I looked at, I looked at uh, Albuquerque. The, we call them the Blood Mountains. The same. Hmm. Looked north, I looked south. I went actually also looking where Breaking Bad yeah, I was, was say, filmed. And I found no value there. I picture you in a trailer but uh, you, cooking up who knows what. Yes, cooking well, up. But you still want to sell all that land to Comcast or Disney or anybody else who wants no, to put no, up a I theme park. No, I found the parcel. Oh, you found that parcel. It's, I found it. I Google, 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 Google. There's 300,000 acres for sale. And I, I would, you know, I, I'd buy it in a second. But it has doesn't have enough houses on it for my wife. <laughs> As we track Jim's uh, real estate This is empire. what he spends his time yes. doing. Let yes. me look on Google Maps so I can find a good spot for a theme park in New Mexico. What? Look, I'm, I'm a visionary. <laughs> Nobody you, will... you think Walt? I mean, Walt goes, I remember because as a reporter covering some crime in Florida, the Tallahassee Democrat. I went. You are a visionary. I, I went. You have a lot there, of visions. Walt had so much land there, and I thought he only had like a parking lot. He's, he's going to end up, they're not going to end up selling land to Comcast. Just you wait. Hmm. Nelson gets on the board. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're holding 3,900 this morning. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Hey, Bob. Uh, yeah, down 200. And the problem is the big industrials, your Boeings, your Caterpillars, 3M, uh, weighing on the Dow. They were leadership groups early on this year. And, of course, Home Depot, consumer name, weighing on the Dow. And the strength of the consumer is a big issue. You heard them talking about the credit cards. Take a look at the sectors. Your risk on sectors uh, are the ones that are weak today. So you want to look at semiconductors. You want to look at metals and mining. You want to look, there's the banks. Uh, it's three days in a row for the banks to the downside now. And defensive stuff, your healthcare, utilities, uh, doing a little bit better. So more defensive posture uh, to the day. I think the big decliners here, and I know David mentioned this, but the credit cards are important here because it goes to this question of loan loss reserves uh, and what kind of uh, net charge-offs we're getting. Discover had 2.37% in their net charge-offs last night. That was a little higher than expected. See all the credit cards down. Uh, MX is probably 40 points, 45 points on the, the Dow uh, right now. So you see them all trading to the downside. So the question now is, where are we uh, in the economy? And were the numbers yesterday, industrial production numbers, uh, the retail sales numbers that were well below expenses, were they outlier events or not? Uh, and the issue is now everybody's trying to figure out how much damage has been done already, not what's going to happen in the future, what's already been done. Uh, and the bears are now out and saying, well, your soft landing scenario, guys, is a lot less likely now. And the bulls now need something. They need to see this data improve and see that industrial production retail is going to be outlier events. Or they need the Fed to get less hawkish. And, of course, nobody believes that's going to happen. Uh, nobody thinks the Fed's going to sound less hawkish. So for obvious reasons, uh, Lael Brainerd speaking today at 115, And there's an unusual amount of attention around this. I can't imagine why she's going to say anything different necessarily. But the, the good news is, mercifully, maybe the Fed will stop talking. Uh, the blackout begins Friday night uh, and the next meeting, of course, uh, February 1st for the Fed. So we'll get a blackout and we'll get less Fed speak uh, next week. In the meantime, we've got uh, about 50 companies reporting uh, for the, uh, the uh, S&P 500, including Procter & Gamble. And, of course, this is uh, a difficult story here because when you have sales up 5% because the prices are up 10% and the volume's down 6%. Well, that, that's just a problem out there, and it creates margin 
issues, what happens when they start pushing back against the 10 percent prices uh, that are out there. Um, the good question here is China is a big part here. It's about 15 percent of their overall revenue. So that may be a very important factor here. And we may see uh, those numbers, those volume numbers improve when China reopens a little bit. But Procter & Gamble is one of the most steady earnings growers, one of the most steady dividend growers. It's an aristocrat, dividend aristocrat for years. It routinely trades in the mid-20s on a forward multiple. So it's one of the most rock study stocks uh, that are out there and why it's one of the reasons it's so popular among uh, investors. Uh, overall, just want to uh, chat about the important thing about uh, earnings here. S&P 500 companies were basically flat for the year. 2.8% downside here, first quarter, second quarter. You see these numbers here, Carl? We're basically flat. And look at that fourth quarter, up 10.5%. Carl, the entire analyst community is hiding out in the fourth quarter of 2023, believing that somehow we're going to have a miraculous turnaround at the end of the year. Carl, back to you. Right, Bob, I appreciate that. Uh, thank report. you, Bob Pisani. As we're at 3,900 this morning, uh, time for the bond report as well. Keep an eye on how treasuries are faring. Uh, we are getting Brainerd at 115, and then uh, Williams later on tonight. But after starts uh, a little bit better than expected and claims down to 190K, we were looking for 214. Uh, the 10-year back below 3.4. Back in a moment. Got some weakness in financials this morning. Uh, AXP, the worst performing Dow stock today, as the Dow's down another 218 and once again flat for the year. Obviously, just a couple uh, weeks into uh, 2023. SP also below 3,900. We're back in a minute. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Part of the craft, David is that if you listen to the conference call right now, Procter & Gamble, they explained all what we worried about. They said that Russia cost them a point. China cost them two points because of COVID. That You strip that out and you actually have a very good number. Uh, the volume decline does not an issue. It's actually they got pricing and volumes didn't go down nearly as much. But you, yes, they're not going to sell as much into Russia because they're engaged in World War III over in Europe. And China, well, you you weren't allowed out until about a week ago, and don't forget, it's the Lunar New Year. Boom. So if you listen to the call, David, you find out that it's not true about the volumes. It's about them pulling back from areas, and it's a buy. There David, it is. Life is too short. Life is too short. So go to the theme park. It's our new. <laughs> Come with me to New Mexico. I will outline it. Your you vision, know, your whole vision. Mo and I found. Think it. of what we could like, do well, here, like Bugsy Siegel. Yes, yeah, Vegas. Yeah. Vegas. And do you think there's? Is there anything? We have plaque. Man doesn't get enough, enough credit. Yeah, Redstone loves Godfather. Jim, we'll see you tonight. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. When we come back, shares of Discover under some pressure, along with a bunch of other uh, consumer-facing financials. We'll talk to the CEO in the coming hour. Don't go away. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.